Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into Sports by Northwest. I'm Bill Oram, sports columnist at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. It's been a little bit since we've uh, been here. Uh, took a little bit of a winter hiatus, a little bit of a, a, a hibernation, but we're back. Um, and this week, I'm really excited. Uh, I have uh, Andrew Thien with me, who is the longtime producer and occasional voice uh, on Sports by Northwest, but also a big, big sports guy, a great uh, sports mind, we'll say. And he's kind <laughs> enough to join me uh, to help set up this week's interview. Andrew. Uh, how did you enjoy your winter hibernation? Oh, it was delightful. You know, came down with the flu at one point, but survived and still standing and watched some basketball and uh, eager to talk about high school basketball, which is uh, the topic of the day. It is. And something that you you and I both uh, experience as high school players in the great state of Oregon and then also <laughs> have uh, have uh, followed and observed and obviously... We'll have more on that in just a second. Before we get to that, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, there have been some changes in the Sports by Northwest universe since we last uh, were in your uh, ears. And that is that every week, you may have noticed, you're getting an additional episode from Aaron Fentress of The Oregonian, along with Brenna Green from from COIN. Uh, they do a great job talking about everything that's going on in the state and uh, you know, kind of across the landscape of sports. Uh, they've had a few episodes now. Andrew, uh, anything you want to say about the the Fentress Green mashup uh, episodes of Sports by Northwest? Yeah, it's um it's going to be available on our YouTube channel as well as a video podcast. We're trying to do more video podcasts. Um, Brenna is uh, an Oregon kid um, who came back home recently to Coin, and she's got a lot of experience and knowledge. And Aaron obviously covers the Blazers and uh, has thoughts on everything, everything. under the sun, <laughs> everything. Um, but probably, it's been fun. probably things beyond the sun too. Like he has, <laughs> he has I, I think, I think, I think his, I think his opinions uh, are intergalactic. Yeah, no one has ever accused Aaron Fentress of not uh, having opinions or wanting to talk about things. So it's fun. Um, if you subscribe to Sports by Northwest, um, when you'll see an episode, it'll say Aaron Fentress and Brennan Green or Bill Oram. So uh, choose both. That would be my option. But uh, yeah, subscribe to the feed and hit, check it out. So Andrew, um, this week we're talking hoops, um, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Um it's been a little bit of an up and down uh, winter when it comes to <laughs> basketball in the in the Beaver State, with you, you know 
Oregon has had some really brutal losses in under Dana Altman this year. Um, you know, getting blasted at Colorado and at home by Arizona State, but then you know blows out the ninth ranked Arizona Wildcats last week. Went on the road, had a nice win this week at Cal. So you know, still not totally sure what to make of the Ducks. Um, they're kind of putting themselves back on the bubble, but they're going to have to like maybe win out. <laughs> like they've got to, they've got to win a lot of games down the stretch. Um, this and, is a familiar pattern for Dana Altman, though. Absolutely, and this is and this is around the time of year that his teams you know, turn it up. And so we'll see if that pattern continues and if the ducks can end up making some noise, um, you know, on the, on the pro front, you know, the blazers, um, maybe kind of where we thought they'd be, you know, roughly around 500, but after that hot start and kind of considering some of the chaos in the Western conference, sort of a missed opportunity by them, um, to not, to not be better. So that is a very long winded way of saying that we wanted to get, to the best basketball team in the state of Oregon, at least you know within its own within its yeah. own um, yeah, re- all things being relative, I guess. Um, and that's the Westland Lions, the boys' basketball team out in Westland. Um, which Andrew, bittersweet timing uh, for this interview. Our guest this week is Robert Key, who is the head coach at Westland, and. Robert has it is probably a familiar name to those of you who've who followed um, basketball in the state, especially the PIL. Has coached for a number of years at Grant, and um, you know was a longtime assistant at Cleveland. So he has you know tons of experience, uh, and then made the move to Westland this year. And we caught him right as two things happened. Westland got ranked number one in the country by USA Today, which is just a huge uh, recognition of where that program is and what and what's accomplished this year. And go back to the Les Schwab in, 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 invitation, Invitational. They beat Sierra Canyon, star-studded Sierra Canyon. Um, and then also the number what was the number one ranked team at the time, Duncanville out of Texas. So really impressive. Kudos to them achieving that number one ranking. But Andrew, do you want to tell the people what the other thing that happened this week to West, the Westland boys was? Oh, God. Uh, they're on this, they lost. Oh, I was like, what, what am I missing here? Yes. They went down to, uh, uh, California and lost to De La Salle, which, uh, you know, I'm most familiar with as a football powerhouse, uh, with a pipeline, uh, down to Eugene historically for years and years. But, um, you know, obviously they can hoop a little bit too. Yeah. I think no real shame in that. Um, but it does, it does take a little bit of the shine off that that number one ranking, or probably a short lived number one ranking. And so we get into that with Robert Key, and we talk to him about about you know kind of the emotions of you know achieving number one, and you know then and then suffering that defeat, and how a team bounces back from that. We talk to him about some of his you know his you know his 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 best players on his team. He's got Jackson Shellstad, who's going to Oregon. Uh, it seems like they could use him, um, and then a ton of guys who are playing D one in football, baseball. I mean, Westland obviously is a total um, uh, you know pipeline to, to D one, uh, out of the area. But Andrew, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about this. I am too. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things we talked to Robert key about and we'll get there, I promise, but is the best players he's seen. Cause he, he played in the PIL back in 19, he graduated from high school in 1984. So his, his view of high school basketball in the area spans, you know, five decades. Um, so I, I was interested to hear, you know, best players he's seen, best memories kind of of the high school hoop scene. But Andrew, I'm curious for yours, too, because I think there were some names maybe that he left out. You know, you and I are both from different parts of the state, not from 
not from the Portland area. So we had a little bit of a different perspective on it growing up. Um, you know, when you think high school basketball in Oregon, like what memories uh, pop for you? Oh, I think about the, you know, I'm from the Rogue Valley. Um, people who listen to this, I think probably have heard that. And I, I tweet about it, uh, Southern Oregon life. Um, the, you know, you can't talk about boys basketball in the last couple of decades in Oregon without, I think, talking about Kyle Singler and mm-hmm. Kevin Love, obviously, mm-hmm. of Lake, you know, the uh, Lake Oswego area. But Kyle Sling- Singler, as a high school player, uh, was just absolutely dynamite. Um, his team, you know, went to the state championship game. I was lucky enough to watch that in the pit against uh, Kevin Love, you know, his buddy and AAU pal. So that was a, a great memory. Um, they there's a dynamite point guard on that team uh, who was a young kid at the you know when Singler was a senior. I think he was a sophomore. Michael Hartoon, who I think a lot of people in the Rogue Valley thought was going to be also as good. He went on to play D one, but you know he was not he was not uh, what I think people thought he could become. Um, and then an, another name that pops up for me is Blake Step. Um, you know, obviously it was part of the early days of the Zags, you know, in the, he must've been there in 2000. They had already probably made the elite eight, but, uh, Blake step as a high schooler, you know, I watched him drop 50 plus on, on my North Medford black tornado. And, uh, he was a pretty dominant player. So those are some names that pop up for me. I didn't have the chance to watch a lot of the Portland teams growing up down South though there was a holiday tournament in Medford where Tyson Chandler came through, um, you know, from Dominguez high school down in the LA area before he went straight to the pros. And that was pretty fun to, to see him just tear up the, the hardwoods. How about you? What names pop up for you? You know, it's interesting. Cause I played, I mean, I played, geez. I mean, I was on a basketball team at the 2A level. In the second I was going to say, is this even 2A? Is this 1A? We were 2A. 2A. We were 2A, okay. West Valley League. Before um, before there was the reclassification, um, we were 2A. We played in the, in the same league as Dayton, Amity, Willamina. Sandy okay. Christian was, was in our league. Did you play um, Spray or Crow or any of those, or is that 1A? Those, I believe those are all 1A. Okay. Um, but we, you know, we weren't very good. Um, but there, there, there would always be a couple of guys at different, you know, Dayton would have guys, Amity would have guys, Sandy M. Christian had guys, Willamina had some good players. Um, I remember, um, we didn't play them, but I think I saw them at like a summer tournament once, um, Salem Academy was, you know, mm. not in our league, but sort of in our area. And that was when Grayson Boucher was playing at Salem Academy. Grayson Boucher, of course, went on to become the professor uh, of and one mixtape fame and started sitting courtside at Laker games last year, which was, and kind of hanging around the Lakers and being in the LA scene a little bit. So started, started seeing him around a little bit more, which is kind of fun. Got to talk to him about some two way hoops. Um, but I think the best high school basketball player I saw um, was, I mean, I do think about like, I'm trying to think of um, this one guy's name, which is not, uh, there was a guy who went to Dayton who, John, I should have looked this up before we, we did this, but um, and he's a skills coach now. I think I think down there, uh, John starts with an H. I'm going to figure it out. But the best high school basketball player I ever saw was um, was Jeremiah Dominguez, who I mean, I think I think you know Portland folks yes. know pretty well because of his stints first at the University of Portland, but then at PSU and leading the Vikings to the NCAA tournament. But he was at South Salem, 
And I remember <clears throat> I was a senior in high school, junior in high school, and I was doing a job shadow of a of a sports writer at the Statesman Journal named Dan Edel, who then came up came, ended up being at the I know Oregonian. Dan. Yeah. In the in the in at the Argus, I guess when um, when we were out in Hillsboro, yep. And so Dan was at the Statesman Journal, and he was their high school sports writer. And I spent a couple of evenings with him going to games, and went and saw Jeremiah Dominguez play, and that guy was electric. And you know, ended up following his career because he ended up in the Big Sky Conference when I was at Montana, um, and he just you know, there was it felt like there was nothing he couldn't do with the basketball in his hands, and he was. Um, you know, great at the high school level, carried over to college. I mean, mm-hmm. just such a fun player. Great, you know, five foot. I don't want to slight him, but like, like probably five foot nine point guard. Um, you know, could shoot it, could get to the rim, tough as nails. Uh, super, super fun. And and so you know, th- that that th- that those are my memories. Internet says he's five six, so you can you can slide him. Um, I'm going I'm I, with five nine. I got you, Maya. <laughs> give him an extra extra. Uh, few inches there you know come to think of it i i i was at oregon public broadcasting at the time and i think i covered um like a watch party at psu um during that 08 run to the tournament was it 08 or 09 one of those years um it was two years in a row yeah so it must have been an 08 i remember uh it was quite a scene it was a lot of fun there were a lot of people celebrating um good memories Let's get to our interview, Andrew, with Robert Key, who has even more experience than either of us and and certainly, you know, has been up close to it, you know, from his playing days and then coaching, you know, really what has become the the, you know, the premier program and really the premier sports school in the state. So without for, and I will also just offer the caveat that when I spoke to Robert um, on on Wednesday night, he was in a high school gym. Uh, there was some there were some games going on, so you're gonna get you're gonna get the ambient noise, but like the real authentic background noise of the high school environment. So be be mindful of that as you're listening. But um, enjoy the conversation with Coach Robert Key of the Westland Lions. All right, I'm joined by Coach Robert Key of the Westland Lions. Um, Robert, we're connecting it, I think, maybe a little bit of a bittersweet time for your team, just in terms of kind of the momentum your team has had where, um, you know, USA Today comes out and ranks you guys number one in, in the nation. And then you go down and play a really tough game at, at De La Salle in the Bay Area, you know, a, a national power for years. Um, what has this year been like and where, what is kind of the state of your team uh, this week? Uh, so we play a uh, mountainside, mountainside tomorrow. Um, the momentum is, you know, how do we handle adversity at this point right now? Um, that was a tough game, uh, sellout crowd, standing room only. Um, I thought the kids, we played very well. Their their strength, their length, I, I felt it bothered us a lot. But um, right now we're, we're pressing the restart button and uh, trying to get back after it tomorrow. I mean, as a coach, is that, I mean, I know you don't want to lose, but I mean, as a coach, you've been doing this for a very long time. Um, do you sort of welcome the opportunity to find the lessons in that ad- adversity? I mean, if you guys run the table, right, and you're in the, going to the state tournament undefeated, there's something to be said for that too. But how do you sort of capture the lessons of a of a moment like this, and and you know what 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 are the positives of that? You know, I, I, like I told the kids, it's early better than later. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, we have two more months of basketball, possible. Well, two and a half months more basketball. And uh, our focus now is just one game at a time. And uh, what's behind us is behind us. We can't control it. And uh, 
just move forward right now and see what's what, how, how, how do we handle tomorrow going into mountainside? And then what was, you know, you guys have been, I mean, Westland has obviously been on the map, you know, for a long time, but, you know, nationally beating Sierra Canyon, Duncanville at the LSI earlier this year, um, I think sort of announced this group. Um, what was that weekend or that week like? Um, you know, I know you've got your own blue chippers on your roster, but, you know, when you start talking about Scotty Pippen's son, Bronny James, there's so much focus on that game. Um, what was that experience like and how did your, how did your guys kind of keep their focus despite all the hoopla of that, of that matchup? First and foremost, it was amazing. Uh, the kids paid attention to detail. We tried to block out the noise that LeBron's son, Bronny's on this team. Mm -hmm. Pip, we tried to play our brand of basketball and, um, the kids bought in, uh, they had a, they had a mindset of, Hey, we can, we can win this game, you know? And, each game, you know, we had a chance at halftime. I told him, I said, we're here. And uh, at the at the end of the day, let's continue to do what we're doing, what we do best. And that's play for each other, uh, get the 50-50 balls and uh, block out and get out and run. And uh, all those things came together in uh, both games. And uh, I again, I got to tell you that the kids did not look at the names, mm -hmm. you know, one thing that was amazing as well is the crowd was behind us. So we had a great six man as well. Is that, is that, um, I mean, you've got some really good players. I mean, Jackson Shell said is obviously going to go play at Oregon. Um, you know, Adrian came over with you from, from Grant. Uh, but you, you know, is there, um, is, is there a challenge in, in getting teenage kids to not, to, to, to be able to look past the names and to, and to not, and to not have that, creep in creep in at some point and how do you as a coach coach that well for you got to think about I, I have some guys that are going to go play division one right. uh these these guys have won some of my players have won the baseball state title some just won the football state title so their mindset it, it's a winning mentality uh mm -hmm. it's win at all costs and you know they're going to give you a hundred percent and you know at, at me as a leader of men, you know, I'm giving them a hundred percent as well. So we're all on the same page. You are in your first year at West Lynn after a long run at Grant. Um, you've coached, I mean, you coached in the PIL for how many years? So I did eight years at Roosevelt and eight at Grant. Okay. And, and, and then you were an assistant previously elsewhere too, right? With at Cleveland high school. Okay. So, so you know, the landscape really, really well. What yeah. is the, what has the transition to Westland been like? And then I'm really curious when you're coming into a situation where there is an established program with an established, you know, run of success, how much do you try to implement of you and your system versus trying to not run a, a Lamborghini off the road? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. know, kind of keep it, keep it in cruise control. Like what's, what's, and, and how do you know you're not doing too much? Uh, you know, I, like you said, I've done this a long time. And uh, coming into in a different environment, uh, the Westland community has embraced me. Um, it, it's it was it was a smooth transition. Um, Coach Bukla and I are really good friends, and you know I piggybacked off of some of the things he did. And mm -hmm. you know, but if you look at the whole overall picture, I brought a lot of what I bring to the table as well, and the kids are very receptive to me. What 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 is that? Like what's your what's your philosophy? And like, what is, what is sort of the identity of a Robert of a Robert Key team? How do you describe it? As, as a former player, I was an offensive minded guy, <laughs> but as, <laughs> as as a coach, I've learned the 
that defense wins championships. And uh, that's something I, I stress a lot every day. You know, we're doing 30 minutes of defensive drills. We're doing defensive assignments. But um, I've been, I'm very big on assignments defensively. What has it been like seeing, you, you, you know, you've coached against some of the best teams in the country just this season, and you also know what you've got on your side. Um, what have you learned about kind of the talent level of, of high school basketball right now and, and, the, and the level of kids who are coming out at this point in time? Because, I mean, I assume that skill is being taught earlier and earlier um, with, with a lot of these kids, but also there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more YouTube. There's a lot more guys like, you know, trying to be, make it big on TikTok. So what, what's kind of what, what have you kind of seen from where the skill level is for kids in this in this moment in time? It's it's huge. Um, the guard play is outstanding. Um, I've learned over the years that I've got to watch basketball over. A lot of kids are shooting the perimeter shot. That three point mm-hmm. ball is it's it's changed the game. Tremendously, Steph Curry has put everything on the landmark. Sure. Um, a lot of kids are putting a lot of work into it, and that's uh, that's one thing I can be satisfied about. What young men are doing out there, besides doing the dunks, doing the in betweens, behind the backs, a lot of yeah. kids are working on their prolific shooting. So, I mean, Jackson uh, Jackson's going to get obviously a ton of attention. You know, Duck fans are interested, uh, yeah. in, especially kind of the year the. Especially with the year the Ducks are having, I think there's a lot of excitement about, um, you know, getting getting him in the program. What what do people who cheer for the Ducks or watch the Ducks have to look forward to with him joining the program next year and, and joining Dana and uh, and Eugene? Oh, they're getting a they're getting a big gift. Uh, Jackson's going to change the Oregon program as far as the Temple. The Temple's going to change when mm-hmm. Jackson's there. Um, we're, we're do, we do a lot of I do a lot of zone and I know Dana does eighty percent zone so Jack Jackson you know he's a step ahead of it so it's going to be fun to watch him play for the Ducks they're going to be out running I'm sure uh, just watched their last game and I went boy if Jackson was in that mix too it's, <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch so uh, we don't talk numbers when it comes to age but you've been on the Portland high school basketball scene for I think 40 years uh not uh, not give, yet give or take <laughs> yeah. give or take I, I'll give you 34 34 but well, I mean but like as a go, going back to your days as a player too though right yeah uh I'm almost close to 40 but uh, okay 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 all right uh, you're, all right you're so, close you're close <laughs> okay so I'm wondering you know what I mean You've seen, I mean, the the great players come through Portland, right? With Ter- Terrell Brandon, Damon Sotomayor, oh, yeah. Salim Sotomayor, uh, Terrence Ross, Terrence Jones, Aaron Miles. Um, who who's the best? Who's the best player you've ever seen on the on the high school wow. on the, on the, in the in, in Portland over the years? Uh, you put me on the spot on that one. Oh yeah, I'm putting you on the spot <laughs> because I'm close to Terrell, Damon, and all those guys. Um, I just got to tell you that I, I, I like them all. I mean, they're they're all special, unique players, and I, I can't put one finger on one. I'm, I, I just can't. It's they're all been good that I've I've watched. Um, like you said, I've been around and watched a lot of PIO basketball. Um, yeah, you got to put Peyton Pritchard in there as well. I mean, yeah. four-time state champion, but the PIO is tough with guards. It's been the landmark ever since I've been playing in the eighties. What? Um, who was the best player you played against? Richard Hollis, he played at Grant High School, 1984 grad. 
I'm gonna guess. I'm, I'm quick. I'm quickly googling here. I'm guessing he's not the British graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Richard was amazing. He transferred here from I want to say Texas, his junior and senior year, and then um, anybody outside the PIO, I played against the Rick Osborns, the Anthony mm-hmm. Taylors of the world, uh, all those guys. Uh, Scott Miner out of South Salem. You know, those guys were really good that mm. I played against. And I got to be able to play in the Metro State All-Star game with those guys. But Richard speaks volumes. Why Why do you think, I mean, like when we go through the list of like great Portland basketball players, great products. I got one other guy. Oh, Who? my best friend, Andre George out of Roosevelt High School. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to be listening probably, right? That's yeah, why. You gotta I got to sure. get my boy in there. That, he's, he led the state in scoring this senior year. So, I mean, we, we talk about Portland, like, stars over the years. Like, there have been a ton of great guards. Is there any, is there any rhyme or reason to that? It's kind of true in Seattle, too, and I don't know if, there, if, if there's any reason for that. Is there, or is that just the, the way it's kind, of, it's kind of fallen here? That's the way it, it's been. It's been yeah. ever since I've started playing. When I got here in Portland in 77, and it's been a guards game that I've always seen since I've been here. What you a, know, oh, go ahead. We, we get the short end of the big men. You, it's every now and then we get a big time blue chipper. You know, I guess we fall right in the middle of California and Seattle. So we just don't get that guy. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Love, obviously, was. K Love. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like every five years you get that one guy or every 10 years. It's, but yeah, Kevin was amazing. Big time. What is different about being, out of you know the city schools, right, and being and and making the move to West Lynn, I I wonder how you you know uh, uh, the years that you were you know playing coaching looked you know as, as Lake Oswego was becoming a power and then and then later West Lynn, you know how you saw kind of the the power shifting to some sub- suburban schools, and then what the what the different what, what the difference has been coaching in in that environment as opposed to city schools is is it different or is it just just basketball? It's just basketball. It really is. Um, and, and kudos to all the head coaches here in the state of Oregon that do a fine job with their programs. You know, every, every year you got to understand that everybody wants to make the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to win a state title. But um, it, it's just a good brand of basketball and good coaches and good players. Who's a player on your team that maybe we aren't as familiar with or haven't whose name we haven't heard as much, you know, on, on the younger side, I mean, obviously, you know, Adrian Mosley's a guy that, you know, was great at Grant. Now is at Westland Jackson. We've talked about, you know, who else is, 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 is in your program and your, that you are excited about. Oh, our, our anchor of the defense is uh, Mark Hamper. Who's going to Idaho for football. Uh, Drake Gable, who's going to Oregon state to play baseball. And uh, Sam Levitt, who's going to Michigan state to go there and be a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so, it's 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 really an incredible crop of you know of like you said multi sport athletes and guys who were coming off the football championship previously the baseball championship um, pretty incredible um, <laughs> dominance across across the board by by Westland. You know, I, I got to bring up Jake Holmes who uh, plays baseball, football, and basketball, and he's trying to shoot for the trifecta. <laughs> Is that the only one? You only got one guy who plays, yeah. plays all three? One guy who okay. plays all three. Yeah. How, I, mean, I know uh, one of our reporters did a story early on about, um, about kind of the, the impact of, you know, the, the football championship bleeding into basketball season and, and, and that, I mean, it obviously hasn't 
slowed you guys down in any way. But what was what was the um, the impact of you know knowing just week by week continuing to wait for some of your guys to wrap up with football so you could have them full time? That was a grind. That was a serious grind to uh, to wait that long. I, I haven't I've never been in that situation as a head coach, but um, it got it got me to be familiar with the other guys too as well because you know. As a coach, you want to coach 1 through 12, 1 through 14, whatever you have. So that helped me get more familiar with other skill sets of my other players as well. I was talking to somebody the other day who has like a sixth grader, a sixth grader, I think. And they were saying that they, you know, ended up in a sixth grade game against West Lynn. And the organization of the youth program and the, you know, the skill level of the youth program was up here, right? Relative to maybe some other places. What is the, um, what is the philosophy, the top to bottom philosophy of of how you sort of bring kids through the program and get them ready by the time they're going to be at, at high school? Like, what is it that you guys do that is the um, that is sort that, that is what's the, what's the strategy of bringing those kids through the program from a young age? So, um, one we we have a president which uh, which is Mr. Dave Van Beening. The majority of our coaches have been coaches before, so. That's a that's a great tool to have former coaches working with these younger kids from fourth grade all the way up to eighth grade. So the coaching philosophies are all there. Uh, guys uh, coach at a high level. And um, so former coaches have even coached here or in my middle school program as well. And I have a former college coach that I played against, uh, Coach Gary Bays, who coached at Warner Pacific, is one of uh, my middle school coaches as well. So the list goes on and I, I enjoy the fact that I get to go watch good coaching and good players. What's your uh, proudest achievement as a coach? 2018 winning the state title. And what's your favorite memory from that? Like, is, I mean, just the moment of the, of, of winning it or is that what was there something along the way? Uh, yeah, because it was the fourth time we played Jefferson high school. <laughs> they, they have beat us three times with a margin of seven points. And okay. to and to win by one in the state championship, it it was amazing. It was probably the best feeling besides my kids being born. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was amazing. And and then on the flip side of that, what's the biggest obstacle you faced in coaching? Oh, let's see. Um, I don't I don't think I really have one. Um, I enjoy the game. I have a passion for it. Um, if you would have told me I was going to be a coach after I got done collegiately, I would have said, no, I am not going to be a coach. <laughs> um, I just enjoy it. There really hasn't been. I've been around great people. There are, there are so many coaches who know they want to do that, you know, from a young age or from their, through their playing career. You were not one of those? No, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I had the dream of going to play – possibly Major League Baseball or try to get in the NBA. Those dreams went, ah, you better go back to college and get your degree, finish it up. And uh, found my niche from a, a former coach that said, hey, I need a coach over here at Cleveland High School. And I spent mm. my journey there for 14 years with them, Mr. Tom Beatty. And then I started finding a niche that maybe this is what the Lord had put me to come do and work with these young men. And here I am now, 35 years later, doing the same thing was it was it was it working with the kids for you or is it like staying close to the game like I mean, what what was the what was the thing that you think hooked you about about work and, and working at this level too because i mean i would i mean i don't know this but i would assume you've done this at a 
high level for a really long time. If you wanted to jump into, you know, make the, to be a college assistant somewhere, like, you know, that could potentially be an option. Like, what is it about coaching high school kids that has become the thing that you do? It's staying connected to the game. That, that was big. And then of course, working with, with players, um, you know, I love the game. I love watching the game. I love the college game as well. But, you know, people ask me, you know, is college next? And I said, ah, at this age right now, I think, you know, I enjoy where I'm at right now working with high school student athletes. But you did take on a new challenge this year. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a, what, I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who, you know, are connected to the community who, you know, wonder, you know, what made this the right opportunity at the right time for you? Well, first, First and foremost, change is good. That's what one thing that I considered in. Um, I thought I did a very good job at Grand High School and Roosevelt. Um, I think I have six to eight more years of coaching, and um, I think I'll be done then because I think I've, <laughs> I've put the work in. Um, I enjoyed the game, but um, I can't do it forever. But I can always come and watch and be supportive. Who is your favorite coach? On like on the national, I mean, I know you've got your own your own mentors throughout your journey, but is there a coach in the NBA or on the college level that you um, identify with the most or enjoy that kind of stealing things from the most? You know, I, I like Dana. Mm-hmm. I, I'm big on Dana Altman. Um, I like I like Beheim. Beheim's been one of my best coaches because I'm big on two three zones. Mm-hmm. That that's one thing that triggered my coaching that my philosophy of learning how to play a two, three zone and be very effective. Those, those two stand out to me the most. Um, I left Steve Kerr cause I got to watch him play with Jordan and Jordan's mm-hmm. my favorite player of all time. <laughs> I think, I think for all, all of us over like 30, I think that Jordan is, or maybe uh, 35, Jordan uh, is. there's some, there's some other names out there that a lot of people say, no, it's not Jordan. You magic. Know, got, a lot of magic uh, people. Yeah. I got to see LeBron play in high school and now to see him where he is now, it's amazing that this guy is still playing. Where did you, when did you see LeBron in high school? Um, when AAU ball in Las Vegas. And you were, you were, you were you coaching? I, I was you coaching, coaching against AAU, him? Uh, I was coaching an AAU team and one of my friends said, Hey, you got to come over and watch this young man. And I, first time I watched him, I went, Oh my Lord, this kid is going straight to the NBA. <laughs> him. Let's see, LeBron, Jason Kidd, Cherokee Park, uh, not Cherokee Parts, LeBron, Jason Kidd, and Tyson Chandler were the three guys I got to watch in AAU ball, and I said they're going mm-hmm. straight out of high school. It it's it's inter- it's kind of funny to then think that you know here you are twenty years later coaching against his son who was born in his second year in the NBA. But it, I covered LeBron for a few years in Los Angeles, and it, and one thing that started happening was he was playing against guys who had played with Bronny. So he was playing um, against uh, Zaire Williamson with the, with the Grizzlies, who I think went to Sierra Canyon with, with Bronny. And, and there, and it was, and there were a few of those guys. And so, and I saw then last night went against Houston, Jabari Smith jr. On the floor said to LeBron, like, Oh yeah, um, you, you played against my dad in your first yeah. game. <laughs> Does that make you feel old? Is that, I heard him I, say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like. I do like you get you. You wait your whole life for a chance to to, to meet LeBron James, and the first thing you say is, "Does this make you feel old?" Right. <laughs> and and the answer is yes. Yeah. But well, um, Robert. I mean, you know, basketball obviously is um, 
I mean, I love the game. Obviously, you love the game and have uh, given a lot to it. And um, excited for your next. I'm excited to see kind of where this 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 new chapter takes you. What? Um, how do you expect your guys to respond? We talked about you know the challenge of responding to a tough loss, national stage. You know, uh, like you said, tough. What? Uh, what do you expect from them on on third? Because you guys are making another road trip, right? Going over to Ben. Yeah, we're going over to um, Mountainside. Mm-hmm. Mountainside tomorrow. Uh, the kids' focus is you know. They're ready to go. Uh, we had two of the best practices, and I expect them to come out 100%, press that restart button, and, and get after it. You know, people said, we, we've been the haunted, and I said, no, we're the hunters. We're hunting. We're hunting for people right now. We're, we're coming, and that, hurt, that loss hurt them. It, it set the tone, and it set the tone for me as well that we got to be better. They have to be better. I have to be better. So, yeah, the mindset is that we're total focus. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of the season. I know we will be uh, seeing you down the road as we get a little bit deeper and closer to the playoffs. So thank you for the time tonight. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks to Robert Key. That was a lot of fun. And as you, as, as you could tell, I mean, he lives in the gym. So, um, you know, best of luck to the Westland Lions as they continue their, uh, their, their kind of march through the spring and, and best of luck to everybody who, you know, the other high schools out there who are you know going to try to topple Westland who looks, you know, looks like they're going to be pretty tough. So um going to be inter- an interesting spring to see how things shake out in six a for sure. I, um you know, in the intro, I think we undersold his resume a little bit. I mean, this guy, like he has been Marshall, Cleveland, Roosevelt, Grant. I mean, uh, I guess you don't have that track record um, and, and see all those players without uh, being a little bit of a politician. Uh, I was a little little bummed he didn't say, you know, X was the best player I ever saw. But uh, I guess that's just, you know, when you're a coach and you're actively coaching, you're not going to go there. Yeah, but also like like, and I think <laughs> you don't know who's going to end up listening. Damon, Damon, if you're listening, uh, it's probably you. But Terrell, if you're listening, it's probably you too. Um, I did want to <laughs> say I I was struggling to remember uh, the name John Hildebrandt in the in the intro. John Hildebrandt at Dayton High School was one of the most impressive high school basketball players I saw in our little two A league. I think he's still around. Uh, kind of running a skills academy. It looks like he's super handles on Instagram. So uh, seeing some of those highlights uh, <laughs> from back in the day uh, brought back memories for me. Absolutely. But um, Andrew, uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean, obviously the coach uh, gave a shout out to Peyton Pritchard. And, you know, obviously uh, when you think of Westland basketball, you have to think of Peyton Pritchard, uh, who was it? completely dominant force um so um that's a name obviously we can't forget and it'll be interesting to see what uh coach key and the alliance do come uh, playoff time with uh with this fantastic guard they have and and uh yeah when you have a team that includes a quarterback to be at michigan state um uh, so some good athletes there <laughs> Yeah, and the, I think these are guys that we're probably going to be talking about uh, on Sports by Northwest for years to come. Whether it's you know whether it's Jackson Shellstad at Oregon or Sam Levitt at um, Michigan State, um, there's going to be there's going to there's going to be the Westland influence throughout uh, the sports scene for quite a while. Um, all right, Andrew, um, we want people to subscribe. We want people to give us a review. We want people to tell their friends. We want people to listen to Aaron and Brenna every week too. Um, anything else uh, as uh, housekeeping? Did I get it all? You got it. Rock it. All right. 
Well, to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in to Sports by Northwest. Continue listening and reading our work at the Oregonian Oregon Live. And we will be back next week with more Sports by Northwest. <laughs>